I've uh, talked to many of you guys, and most of the responses I get is this, is that they want to do things like Jesus. If you ever heard the old slogan, what would Jesus do? Who's heard that before? Now, a lot of you should hear that. And, and then still we're living that out, right? We don't need the bracelet or whatever we had on before to remind us what would Jesus do. But how many men here in this place, now women I know it's just as important, but I'm going to call the men here. How many men here would say that they want to do things as Jesus does them? How many people says, absolutely. John, I've got my eye on you. You didn't have that, that hand, but no. <laughs> it's important that we do that. And one of the things we must be able to do as believers is what? If we know that Jesus got the answer, and all of us say, well, everything we need is in him. And if we really believe that, then what do we do when we run into something that we need, we need to do something? It says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask of God, and he that finds no favoritism will grant that unto you. I, I would want that wisdom. And I don't know about you, it should be in every decision I make. The problem is, is I make a few on my own. And then I go later and say, Jesus, can you bless this? <laughs> Or I go back to Jesus Jesus, can you change the situation here now based on my decision? It's not about you. It's the best as guys and as ladies to, to know what he wants us to do and do what? And do it. Does anybody have any discrepancy on that? Is that pretty much the word? Do what he asks us to do as the spirit leads and do it. That sounds like a commercial. Just do it. Anybody remember that one? <laughs> Nike. So I think today, if I'm, going to, if I'm going to want to learn something, one of the most important things that I can learn if I want to live like my wife says, I have to pay her later for the wonderful things she said. If I want to live my life like this, who wants to live their life like this? So that no one sees the imperfections of Jim, but they see the glorious Jesus in you. And if that's the case, then can you imagine what your life would be like? Who in here would like to live their life like this? Like, for all for him, we say that, Jesus, my life is yours, all for you. And yet, if we do something not according to his will in your life, then what are we doing? So one of the most important things I found in my life is this. If I want to do what he wants me to do, and I'm heavily in his word, and I'm reading it, and I'm learning who he is, if I know Jesus, I know the Father, right? And so if I do what he asks me to do, then I'm going to be okay. That's righteousness. So, but if I, before I make a decision... I should ask him. Common, right? If I need wisdom, ask. And he that finds no favoritism will grant it. Who needs wisdom today? Let me see the hands of those people in this place today that says, I would like a little of that wisdom. And maybe a whole handful. <laughs> maybe a little bit for tomorrow. Can you just, can you step? I would like a billboard one day. Anybody got to a situation you need to know something now? And so you're, you're asking him, but you're not really waiting to hear. You're just jumping. Okay, Lord, you know what I need. You know what I need. You love me, and I'm going to walk in this love. And he's saying, I'm trying to speak to you. Where are your ears? Are they listening? We like to say yes. But truthfully, they're not. They're caught up in the situation. They're caught up in the problem. Before we know it, we're overwhelmed by the situation. And we can't even pray and ask effectively. We can't even listen to his advice and his instruction. I want to help us with that today. Is that okay? Can I do that? Can I go into that today? And what I want to do is first say, last week we talked about his invite, his invitation. And I want to go off of that today, but I want to start with this message or this scripture here. This should mess you up. And we talked about this on our Saturday class. 
there should be something in the statement that Jesus makes that messes us up. That we think, wait a second here. (laughs) I want to serve the conquering king. And when I serve him and he's on my side, there's not really anything that's going to get in my way. Right? Okay, I'm the only one that feels that way. (laughs) I even said right after that, thinking someone's going to agree with me. That that is a very hard word. And when I look at that and I say, okay, Jesus speaks these words. He says, behold. First of all, he wants your attention. Behold, or some translations say, truly, truly. Behold, listen to me now. I'm getting very serious. I would think he'd be serious all the time. But he makes it very serious and said, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, we talked about this on Saturday, but let me ask you a question as a church. If you are a sheep, and there is a herd of wolves, where would you like to hang out? Not with the wolves, thank you. Someone is on the same wavelength. That's not where I want to go, right? As a sheep. And he puts me right in my place. If I am his, and I am chosen, I am saved again, and saved again, in him, then I am a sheep. Anybody want to be above that? Okay, you're just, you're, that's who you are. And what's cool about it, I'm going to give you some examples why God said this. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you this. I don't want to mess with that guy. Even today as a human, I don't want to mess with that. Cunningness of a... Now, what would a wolf want to do? If he's going to send you in the midst of wolves, what would be the main reason? What would be, what would be the, the reason for wolves? Why would he call them wolves? What is the characteristic of a wolf? And why would he send us in the midst of it? If he says, I'm sending you, if you don't see wolves in your life and around you, you're not sent. I said this on Saturday. You're not sent. That means you have got to see them around you. If not, then I don't know what path you're on. Because he says, my sheep, I will send in the wolves. So whoever says Christian life is a comfortable and easy and relaxing time, I don't know where they get that from. Because if there's a wolf in the place... And I'm a sheep. I got my eyes peeled. I'm like, there's a wolf, man. What do I do now? So let's do this. Let's do this. If we want to do what he wants us to do, and we're serious about that, I don't know about you and me, I want to I do what Jesus wants me to do. I don't want to do something else. If I miss the mark of God's calling or his instruction in my life, what is that called? If I miss the mark of what he's called me to do, what is it called? Plain and simple. Three letters. Sin. Anybody here want to be a s- caught in sin? I don't think there's anybody in here in church would say, I just want to be caught in sin. You missed the mark of God's chosen plan in your life, and you miss it, and you're off here somewhere else. It's called sin. So let's do the right thing with Jesus. So now we know he's given us an instruction. Why don't we go into what that means? So let's do this. Sheep. You and me. Let's let's do the noise together. Okay, good, good. We're all here together. We're gathered. We're in our sheep pen. Let's let's just call this the fold, okay? The fold. And there's doors to the fold. We'll close the doors. Now we're all safe inside the church. Okay, there's one door in and one door out. Good thing Jesus is the door. Okay, so we're gathered together. We're in a sheep's fold. How's it feel? Feels good, doesn't it? Feels safe. 
feels good to be wronged. Do you enjoy each other? Do, do you like fellowship to each other? Do you like hearing about Jesus with each other? Isn't that awesome? What word do you give it when you hang out with one another? I don't know about you, but when I'm in the wolves, that's not so cool. But let's go into this. What is a sheep? Well, give me two things here. This is the characteristics of sheep. Appetite is another strong indicator of health. Appetite is a strong indication that the sheep are healthy. So those who are not reading God's word, are they healthy or not? Okay, another thing is healthy sheep display normal eating and cud chewing. I don't know about that, but that's, I know that happens. Behavior, that means there is a healthy display of normal eating. That means when you gather together, we are to eat together. We are to consume the word together. If anybody's uncomfortable with God's word, are they really in the fold? Are they enjoying the sheep? No. So there's two things that he calls us sheep, and I can see where that hurts a little, but it's true. Okay, healthy sheep are eager to eat. Eager. You don't have to twist an arm. You know, I just, I had a tough day today, and I just can't get to that word. I just, and I'm going to fall asleep, and maybe tomorrow, or maybe the next day, and, and you have, you're not eager to get in God's word. There's something wrong. You're not healthy. I would say this right now. If you are not eager to know him in his word, to, to get, and I, I know some of us, we're not readers, okay? Who could say honestly, I'm just not a reader? Okay, I understand that. But when you find the flavor and sweetness of him in it, it's like sitting down and talking with Jesus. I'm telling you, when you talk to him and he talks back and you've got that relationship, you want to sit down, you want to relax with him, you want him to speak to you for tomorrow is a big event. See, that's an indication of health. And I love it. We're eager to eat. And then it says the lack of appetite is probably the most common symptoms exhibited by sick sheep. And all about eating. The question I would say is this. Some of the times I get together and we do some counseling, some of the reasons that they come up, it says, well, I said, well, what's been going on? Why are you in this place right now? And I don't really understand. I said, well, when's the last time you're in God's word? Well, it's been, it's been a week. Let me tell you something. If you want to stay sick, don't read it. If you want to get well and strong, then read it. And I don't care if, if you have trouble reading, Jesus will make it very clear in the little that you read. If he wants to feed you, don't you want to go before the, the, magic, the, the majestic chef? If he knows how to serve it up, I'm going to go to him and eat. That's the banquet I'm looking for. I don't need to eat of anything else, you see. And so I want to go to him, and he is there to feed you. How many people believe everything you need to know is in his word? You see, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God guides you into all truth. He's guiding you. He, he wants you to hear the truth of what God has to say to you. Let's go on. Food is an excellent motivator for sheep. You want sheep to do something, you, you dangle some food in front of them. And they'll be like, whoo. As a matter of fact, if you've got a goat in there <laughs> and he's got some food, they're probably going to follow the goat right to the slaughter. There's some food right there. You see... That should be an indication if, if God is in the midst of us and he's doing some things, we ought to be attracted to be in the center of that. We ought to be eager to be in the center of that because we don't want to miss it. Anybody want to miss what God's doing? No. We want to be in the middle of it. There's something that is good. It's a motivator. 
A sheep that is reluctant to get up is probably in pain. The wolf comes into the midst, and you're in pain. Are you going to get up, defend, do what you need to do, keep with the others, or are you going to lay down in pain? You see, wolves are looking for those in pain. The devil looks to see who's in pain, and he is the first one to say, I'm after, I'm, I am after, that is my prey, that is mine, I'm hungry. Do you want to be the prey? Absolutely not. So when you know this, if you're in pain, emotionally painful, spiritually, you may find you're in a wilderness, I'm telling you right now, where do you need to go? You need to be amongst the fold. You need to be in the word. You need to be fed and nourished and strengthened. And that is done in the word. It's done with all of us together. You see how important meeting together are for all of us? If you're in pain, you're going to be laying down. Sheep, he calls us what we are. And it makes sense. Let's go on. Changes in normal behavior can be an eager or early, I'm sorry, early sign of illness in sheep. Changes in normal behavior can be an early sign of illness in sheep. Have you ever seen, you're talking with somebody, and all of a sudden their, their situation is, is amplifying, and you're like, I don't understand. I mean, what, he's not the same guy I used to know. There's something else going on here. It's not the same person I knew. What is going on in her life? You see, changed behavior amongst Christians. You see someone, this is where we need to keep our eyes open. We see someone that's got a little different behavior. You need to go to them in love. See, what, is everything okay? What can I do to pray for you? There's something wrong here. And I'm, I'm, I love the sheep. I am here for you. What do I need to do? Can I pray for you? You see how important that is as we keep an eye on one another and the needs we have for one another? Absolutely. It says a sheep or lamb that is isolated from the rest of the flock is likely showing early signs of illness. If you see people start to scatter, start to not sure, oh, I'm not, I'm not in this flock here. I'm not sure if I'm in this flock here. I'm going to tell you something. There's a danger there. Well, I'm not saying you need to find the church for you, the family that you're connected to, and the teaching and the lordship of that. You need to be there, and you need to stay in there. Be careful as you isolate yourself and go from church, maybe, or to, I'm going to do this instead. And, and you know how dangerous that can be. That's a very dangerous place to be as a sheep because it's a sign of sickness. So be on your guard. If you feel, man, and unlikely, this, there's all kinds of churches out there, good ones. If this is not your family and you're not feeling a connection, you, when you come in this building, you should say, this is my family. This, this, I feel loved here. I, like, I love others here. I'm keeping an eye on one another. And this person needs prayer. I'm going to come and pray for them. If you're always coming to church to get something, you're going to miss something. There's something very special about a flock, a fold. There's health in it. There's vitality. There's strength. And this is what you've got to realize. If, and again, if you're even looking right now, I'm praying right now for you. If you're looking around thinking, I've got to find this, I'm praying you find it and find it quickly and get in it and bloom where you're planted. Bloom. Be what God called you to be in the midst of the body. If you have a talent for the Lord, bring it and be a part of it. Let everyone enjoy it. You see? Don't find yourself, well, I'm not, I'm not fitting here. Well, that church hurt me, and this church over here hurt me, and every, everybody's hurting me. You're sick, and you're in pain. You're laying down, and the wolf is going to eat you alive. He's going to eat you up. You've got to know this. 
God calls his sheep for a reason. And you've got to know this. So when you're in pain, man, just so I've got to open up. I've got to, I've got to talk to somebody. I've got to be, I've got to be, I've got to explain to me something. What do you, the Bible says this, the comfort I give you is the comfort you share with others, which means this, God, God is going to do a miracle in you. He's going to help you. He's going to overcome that. And you are going to share that with someone else. Because in the midst, there's people going through something right now that you just got through. With the Lord's help, he says, stop, take notice. Don't let anybody go. Don't just be me to others. You know who I am. I have proven you my faithfulness. Now go and be faithful to others. We need each other, don't we? We're in, desperate, we're in a desperate place. Sheep depend heavily upon their vision. Their field of vision ranges from 191 to 306 degrees. Can you imagine that? That's why their eyeballs are on the side of their head. I mean, but come on. They see all around. They say, oh, you know, you ever see them jumping? It was way back here. Because they could see you. 306 degrees? Dude, that's a woo. I'd be like, what, what, what? Vision is vital to sheep. Vision is vital in your life. Right now, you have to know what Jesus wants you. you he, he has given vision to you. So someone says, I don't know, man, I'm in a wilderness right now, and I just can't get Get out of the wilderness. He's given you 360. Or no, 306. 306. 306, see. Move. If you see something, go. Do, do this. Do this. Be, be visionary in Jesus. Sheep are the best known for their strong, flocking, hurting and following instinct. Isn't that awesome? He calls us what we are. We enjoy getting together. We enjoy flocking together. We enjoy hanging out and doing those things. Acts Church was healthy. Why? They met every day, breaking bread. God was doing wonderful miracles in the sign of them, teachings of the apostles. It was awesome, wasn't it? You see, church was growing it was doing it was doing what it was supposed to do and it's in nature for us knowing jesus to do it he built us that way he's a good builder how about you he's a good builder they will run from what frightens them and band together in large groups for protection good thing jesus sends his disciples out two by two he knows hey you guys stick together here I'm going to send you out. If he sent you out, there's wolves. But we flock together to strength and nourishment. There is in a group. Isn't it cool that we have the instincts that get together? We like to herd together. We like to hang together. Isn't that cool? I think it's awesome. I thought, you know, I'm, I guess as I'm more introverted, extroverted, I don't know you put me on a scale. I don't, I don't know where it is. Some of you would say he's over here. Some of you say over here. Depends on the day, right? But I love hanging out with all of you. There's just something about it that I enjoy. I can't explain it. I can't put it in words. I just know that I need it. And when I get it, it is good. It is good. We need to hang out more. We need to have church every day. I'd, I'd hang, well, anyway. Sheep are a very social animal. In the grazing situations, they need to see other sheep. Isn't that interesting? If I'm going to eat something right now, if I'm going to eat something, I want to see other sheep in the mix. That's why it's healthy to be in the flock. That's why it's healthy to see others grow. It's why healthy to see someone give their life to Christ in salvation. You can stand up and say, well, someone over here just gave their life to Christ. Why? We celebrate that. 
because it's attractive to us. We know it's important. We graze together. We eat together. We have to see other sheep. We have to see other sheep come in the fold. We're healthy, strong, and that's what is important. A group of five sheep is usually necessary for sheep to display a normal flocking behavior. Five. Jesus took 12, including himself. So there's something about five or more. Gathering together. They need to see that. When a sheep doesn't see anything around, doesn't see any around, you see they can't even eat right. They can't even get in their word. They can't nourish themselves. You see, it's important that we do that in God's word. So that's sheep. That's just some of the things I found online. I thought this was very interesting. Now, uh, you guys like a little, little bit about wolves? Why not? Get into some wolves here. Because he said he sent us amongst them. Some of you are like, I know a wolf right now. It's my husband or my wife. <laughs> no. No. No, I don't think so. But anyway, there might be days that you think that. But it's not true. Okay, so what does the wolf look like? Isn't it nice to know as a sheep? Let's go into some characteristics I found to be interesting. Number one and two, wolves are highly social animals and live in packs. So for them to be healthy, the wolf to be healthy, they go back to some packs that are just flaring them up, getting them ready. Hey, Sam, what'd you do today? I ate five sheep. Go, that's good. You got something to share with me? That's what they're about. Now, this one's a little bit more for the ears. Once sexually mature, most wolves leave their pack, their birth pack, to search for a new one. It should be on there. A new pack. Interesting. So they're not really sure to stick around their original pack. Because when they get flared up, they want to get what they want. They start to think, well, that's not important anymore. Let's start something new. Very confused, but that's what they're like. Now, anybody that knows, been around the church for a while, some of this is going to start making sense. You see how this starts to make sense. Let's go on to the next. Wolves will aggressively defend their territories from other packs. They're not even sheep, don't care. Come on in. Come on in. Cool, hanging out with you. Let's go get some meat. I just got to see. Okay, I, I got my eye on you. It's cool. Everything's good. Wolves aren't like that. Wolves are aggressively defend their territories from other packs. You come into my pack, I'm going to take you out. They'll turn on one another. Chew them up. And interesting, isn't it? Wolves may indicate dominant behavior by baring their teeth and pointing and erecting their ears forward. You see that on a wolf? Run. They're hungry and they want you to eat. Indications of, but you know what? That means you can see on a wolf when they're ready and aggressively coming. There's indications on them that make them come out. You may think that they're nice. Remember the Bible says that they can come as sheep, clothed in sheep. So they come and you don't even know it. You're like hanging out. This is cool. And all of a sudden, whoa, where'd that come from? Woo, I saw some teeth there. <laughs> you're not a sheep at all. You are a wolf in sheep's clothing. So we have to be careful. And I'm not saying you just leave the person. There might be a duty that Jesus has you to do there. But I'm telling you what. You be careful that some people say they are sheep and they are wolves. You don't know it until you start to mess with them a little bit. And I'm not, if I'm not in control here, 
you see? If I'm not in control here and you're messing with my control, I'm going to start baring my teeth. Wow, you're not a sheep at all. You're a wolf. You can, you can see how they come out, and you've got to be real careful with that. Five and six says, a great deal of communication among wolf packs members involves body language. If they're going to speak to one another, it doesn't always have to be in voice. It can be done in actions. And they say, oh, I like the way that acted. I'm going to, be, I'm going to side with this wolf here because I like to see how they can gather in groups and they can get others to do because if one's leading that pack, call whatever dominant wolf, the rest will follow and say, I like the way you react on that. I'm with you. That's why rumors should never happen. That's why rumors should never happen. Because you may indulge your very sensitive issue to someone you thought was a sheep and it was a wolf. They took it and took it and devoured around you. And before you know it, you've got a huge rumor that's a, fun, that's a bunch of lies. So be careful who you share life with. Be careful who you open your heart up to and make sure that they're on the same page you are, that they know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and they would do anything to keep the fold, protect the fold, pray for the fold. You see? You talk to the wrong people, and you just opened up a whole different ballgame. Now Christ is going to take care of that. And so, oof, I forgot the next one. Forgot about the urination. Interesting. Urination is the most common form of scent making for wolves. Wolves produce scent from glands between their toes. I didn't know that. Did you guys know that? Where they, where they, where they walk, they're leaving their impression. I'm a wolf. I stink. <laughs> now, I know some of your feet stink. I'm not calling you wolves. But you know what I'm saying? They, they don't, along with urination, would I say something? Okay. <laughs> Got to make sure I didn't say anything out of order. Because once in a while, I do that, and she puts me in my place. That means urination is done to mark their territory. And guess what happens when another wolf comes in their territory? They like that? Absolutely not. And so they want to mark it. Hey, this is my place. Psst, psst, whatever. Psst. <laughs> psst, whatever they do. They walk, spray, whatever. They're like, that's on their toes. So you know where they're walking. They're like, hey, this is my place. You ever meet somebody like that? This is mine, not yours. You mess with this, I'll show my teeth. And they're spraying everywhere. <laughs> so that's interesting. It, lone wolves may not howl as much to hide their position. You say lone wolves may not howl as much to hide their position. Which means if they know they're alone, they're not going to come out like they would if they're in a pack. Did you ever see a pack together? It's like sometimes you bring up Jesus and the pack comes out. You're like, whoa, didn't know you felt that way before. <laughs> well, now I know. Because when they're in the midst of each other, they come out. But by themselves, you may not know. Little hints, little whines, but not the aggression. Wolves prey primarily on animals that are young and elderly, sick or injured, or weak and unfit. Unhealthy means unfit. We talked about health and what needs to be a part of your life. If you're not, you are unfit. And the wolf says, my, you ever to people that says, man, I go from one problem to the next. Ah, the devil's just beat me up all the time. Well, you're sick. It's not the devil necessarily. We blame everything on the devil and, and the demons. But really, there are times where it's just wolves of people and you are not even, a, you don't even see it coming. You, you're living in this fantasy about, well, everything's just peachy keen. Well, 
really? Why are you living in all of this mess? Who here has everything? It seems like right now there's something going on, and tomorrow there's something else. The next day there's something else, and I just feel like I'm getting beat up all the time. All the time something's against me. All the time. Now, there are good times where you need to be persecuted for his namesake. Blessed are those, right? I want to be blessed, so I know there's some of that coming. But I have to recognize who they are. i got to know who they are. What do I do with this? How do I share this? How do I become a victor in this? You see, wolves prey primarily on animals that are young, elderly, sick, injured, and weak, and unfit. Make sense? If you're in a flock, you're healthy, strong. The chance of him coming and messing with you when there's a flock around for protection is high likely. So what should you do when you're on the ground sick and in pain? You need to get together with a flock. In God's word, studying together, in growing together, do life together. Pull up your sleeves and let people in. So what? you got issues. Oh, we all have issues. Anybody don't have issues? Jesus said he came for the sick. We're all got sickness. We all need help. And I think this is the last one. Wolves often test large prey. <laughs> I like this. Wolves often test large prey. And then the approaching whatever this might be, a moose, caribou, elk, bison, everybody knows those are big animals. Big animals. They, they engage their prey gaze with a sober stare. A sober stare. Yep, I don't know if I've never seen this. Anybody see a wolf? Anybody's a hunter? Anybody see this in, in, in action? If, if that prey is bigger than the wolf, the wolf does not back down. It does not scurry. It says, oh, this is a big dinner. <laughs> this is a big lunch. This is enough for a week here. It doesn't back down. What does it do? It goes into a, it says, it calls a sober stare. It stares him down. Okay, you're bigger than me, but I'm not moving. Interesting, isn't it? How does it fit in the Christian world? How does that look when, when you're in the midst of wolves? Are you looking? Do you see that happening? Do you ever see the characteristics of some and say, whoa, I didn't understand. Whoa, now I understand a little bit more. I see that you may fit right into this category. They test their prey, sensing any weakness and vulnerability through, what is it, visual cues and even through hearing and scent. They can smell, they can see, they can hear, they know when you're weak, and they know when you're in pain. Now, who's leading wolves? The devil. Who's leading them? But you don't even understand, you see? You think everything's okay. I'm just, I'm just tired of the devil messing with me. He says, be careful who you surround yourself with. There's somebody in your life right now, and you can't identify that person, and you're sharing close, intimate things with that person. They are chewing you up, and they're giving you the worst advice. What's a sin? Missing the mark. I don't know about you. If I'm going to get any, any advice from anybody, I want it to be strictly from his word so I know it is true. I don't need someone else's opinion. I don't need someone else's encounter. Comfort they receive. Bring it. Because I know Jesus did that for you. You can bring it to me. I don't want anything else. I don't need anything. I just need to eat of you, Lord. They tested. Okay. Now I think that does it. Did that do it? I think it does. So, oh, there's one more. Wolves just seem to know what to do. And do it as one in hunting prey. Wolves together will do things as one. Unified together. So do you have a chance as a sick sheep laying along the side in pain, laying down, not getting up, not being amongst the, the flock for protection? You have just been sent it out. You've been, you've been targeted. 
And that's why you're a target every day. You make yourself a target. And I think Jesus is more than that. Do you think Jesus is more than that? So do you learn anything about sheep and wolves? Interesting. Facts. You probably find some more online. I thought those were very fitting. So Jesus says, I am sending you sheep in the midst of wolves. So what's he say? I, I don't want you to be dumb and ignorant about this. I want you to know your competitor. I want you to know how to walk into a situation and not be cowarding down. I don't want you to say, well, there's a wolf, there's teeth, and I'm going to go this way. He wants you to stay right center and says, you know what, I don't care. I am going to get the wisdom of God, and I can identify who you are. So now I know you. Now I know you. Now anybody can be saved, right? The will of God is that everyone comes to repentance. So there's people that you've met that may be a wolf one day, and Jesus comes in and radically does a salvation in them. And they become part of the fold, right? We know that can happen. But be very careful who you spend your life with. Be very careful. They're out there, and they're ready, and they're looking to who they may devour. Oops, did I pass it up? I, I didn't get that. Hang on a second. Let's go to John. John 10. Okay? Let's start here. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and he is a robber, but he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep which means there is one door to that flock. And anybody that tries to jump over some other way, they're a thief and they're a robber. Their duty is what? If they're a thief and robber, you know what they come to do. What do they come to do? There it is. That's the work of who? The enemy. Seek. Actually, what is it? Steal. She always says seek, and you got me to say it. Steal, kill, and destroy. Right? That's where he's coming. So let's go to the next one. So it goes on to John 10. Let's go into verse 3. It says, To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep what they do. That means every person in the flock, the fold, as you grow in Jesus, you ought to be able to hear more and more. And that's a very healthy thing to know. I'm going this, oh, Jesus calls. i got to go this way. And sometimes you will make a right-hand turn when you think you're on God's will. And he'll say, no, no, no. And you've got to be able to hear his voice. What's the most important thing in my life? I need to hear him so I can obey him. i got to know what he's saying. i got to know that. Or I don't know where I'd be. So you got to know what he's saying. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because what? They know his voice. Is it cool to know once Jesus gathers you, he says, you stay here, follow me. And I don't know about you, if I follow the king and where he walks, how much more was that path straight? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He is walking before you. That is good news, because even if I don't know, okay, I hear his voice. He's saying, walk this way, and I'm walking. He is leading. I, don't, I want to be behind the king. I don't want to do this thing on my own, you see. I want the king to lead. I will follow. And that's what he's saying. If you hear his voice, if you don't, you could be in trouble right now. John 10, 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. Good news. And will go in and out and find pasture, even to eat within the fold. Out, come back. You see, the thief comes only to kill. Here it is. Steal, kill, and destroy. And I come that they may have what? Life and have it. What does that mean? To you and me. Does that, what does life abundantly mean? 
That means life of Christ and have it more than you can even comprehend. Abundantly means much more. It's flowing from you. You see, if there's some problems here, ill people, sick sheep, tend to lay down in pain. Are they becoming abundant life? Or has there been a stop? Is there a dead sea, you know, in illness? And so what he says, I have life and I have it more abundantly, more than you can imagine, more than you could dream or set your mind on. I have much more than that. Are you willing to come? Are you willing to hear my voice? When I lead you, you're going to find life and you're going to find it abundantly. Oh, I love that. That is a good promise. That's a good promise. So let's, let's go. My question today is this. What's your response to his voice? What's your response? His invite last year, his voice today. What is your response today to his voice? And if you have not given your life to Jesus, if you're not handed it over, that takes a declaration from your own lips. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of all of my sin, which you promised to do in your word. And, Lord, I will make you Lord and Savior of my life. You see, when you make those steps, you will then start to hear his voice. The first thing you'll feel in your life is a conviction to go to Jesus. You can ignore that. Your pride can take you away from that. But right now, you've got to know you have got to give your life to him. Now, give it over. And even if you've done it, do it again. Lord, I give my life to you. And now say, Lord, now, as, as my king, Lord, direct me. I want to hear your voice so I walk with you. And Lord, you're going to take me right in the midst of wolves, and I'm not afraid of any one of them. So you walk with me. Hear his voice today. Give your life to him today.